welcome to the podcast, and I am your host, Anna Michelle Iguamo, and this is my safe space where I talk about God, my experiences of walking with Him, and also use His words to encourage and heal others. We are currently in a Bible in the Year challenge where we read through the entire Bible in 365 days, and I don't think you press play by chance. So I do hope that you stay tuned because God wants to talk to you. And this might be just what you need to hear today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Floodcast. Today is day eighty-two of our Bible in Your Challenge, and I am so glad that you could make it today. We will be continuing on our readings, taking readings from the books of Joshua and also praying with Psalms. And let's get right into it. So today. Is such an amazing day in the sense that today we see the fall of Jericho, the very first battle win for the Israelites as they enter into the Promised Land. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So many things happened before that. So I mean, from yesterday, the Israelites crossed the Jordan River on dry ground, and then the kings around the Promised Land, around the Canaan land, kind of heard of this, and it says in chapter five, verses one. That they were scared, they became afraid and lost their courage because of the Israelites. I think it's just so profound that right before they even had the chance to get into battle with the Israelites, they were already afraid. I mean, how, how on earth would a river divide and you have people crossing on dry ground? How on earth are we going to be able to face these people? Like, these people are not even humans. Probably they're probably spirits. <laughs> So I'm pretty sure that's what was going through the king's mind. I I think that is very profound that God has that power to already destroy the hearts of their enemies even before they got into battle with them. I think that is a um that is a beautiful picture of how God fights our battles for us even before we have them, even before we get to begin them, and that is. So interesting in the sense that sometimes we feel so scared when we approach certain problems or we face certain obstacles because we feel like they would overwhelm us and they would win us. When in actual fact that when God's presence is with you, He has already won the battle before it even began, and all we need to do is just to have faith and put our trust in Him, and see everything play out right in front of us. I think that is something that we can hold on to and we can learn from because so many times we, we not only undermine ourselves, we also undermine God. We we, we try to. Put a definition on who God is and try to put him in a box, and that's not going to work because we're talking about a God that is indescribable, right? And and when you're with this God, it is inexplainable how he will, how he will miraculously work in your life. You don't need to understand it. All you need to do is to trust in him, and see how everything will play out. God. Wins a battle right from the beginning. That is something that we can take with us today, and then moving on, we see the circumcision again of the Israelites. Why are they being circumcised again? They've been circumcised before. This is because this is a new set of Israelites, and so like they need, they need to be a renewal of those promises of that covenant of that bond 
that God had with the former set of Israelites. And circumcision is a way of asserting a way of the Israelites to commit themselves to God fully to be initiated as children of God. It's, it, it pretty much served as a way of baptism in the old covenant. And then God even goes further on to say in verses, I think that was nine Yes, God says, the Lord says to Joshua, today I have removed you from the disgrace of being slaves in Egypt. That is pretty much the essence of circumcision. It was to signify their transition from being not just slaves in Egypt and also from being wanderers in the desert to the people that are about to take over the promised land. And so there has to be that renewal. There was also the Passover, the people celebrated the Passover and the Bible also mentioned that the manor stopped falling. I think we kind of lost track of that with all the things that have been going on. We actually lost track of the fact that all this while, God was still sending manner down from heaven for these people. God still cared for them. And now that he stopped falling, they had to start eating the food from Canaan. It was, it was a way to also show that God was going to be caring for these people in a different way. God wouldn't care for them by sending food for, for, from heaven anymore, but he would care for them by leading them into battle and successfully winning them victory. Speaking of battles, we have the first one against Jericho. And this battle is just so interesting. In the fact that there was, there was not an actual battle. It was, it was a battle without a battle. They just... I won't even say just, it probably would have been tiring going around the city anyways. But they went around the city for seven days. On the seventh day, they went around seven times. And then the wall fell down. The wall is not the kind of wall you have in your houses. This is a city wall. This is a fortified city wall. Thick, tall, guarded, probably heavily guarded, armed, every single thing you can think about. And then this wall just fell down like that one of the this should be one of the things that we we kind of watered down because we are always hearing the story about the wall of jericho probably singing songs about it we don't realize how profound it is that this huge wall could fall down without any form of physical force i think that is that is just profound and it's also important to know that while they were going around the wall of Jericho the covenant box went with them this is going to be very important as we move on to further parts of the journey because we see that the covenant box which signified or which was it didn't signify that was that was the presence of God was the reason why they won their battles the presence of God was the main reason why the Israelites won their victories. And it's really important to note because I don't want to get ahead of myself, but in the new covenant, we actually have a covenant box as well. I don't know how many of you guys know about that, but I would not reveal it. <laughs> Stay tuned to when we get there and you would see what exactly what I'm talking about. But anyways, that is just one thing to note as well. I think I, I skipped something. So before the fall of Jericho, in chapter 5, verses 13, it talks about this strange meeting Joshua had with this man with a sword. I think it was a vision. And 
their conversation is very interesting. So I think I'm just going to read it. Anyways, so Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you one of our soldiers or an enemy? Neither, the man answered. I am here as the commander of the Lord's army. I think it's really important really important a very a very simple answer that the man gave joshua but has so much deep meaning that this battle right that the israelites have been fighting and they're about to fight so many more they will fight is it's not just about the physical warfare it's not just about nations fighting against nations and swords and spears and all of that it's more of a cosmic battle it's more of a spiritual battle it's not against nation versus nation it's not against israelites versus amorites or edomites it is god's people versus the powers of darkness the main reason why this people had to be overthrown and had to be killed and wiped out wasn't because they weren't israelites in a sense it was because these people were not on god's side they had different idolatry beliefs they had evil forms of worship they had evil sacrifices they were antichrist in a sense they lived their lives away from god and that was why this judgment was meted out on them through the israelites and so it wasn't really a situation of physical battle it was more of a spiritual battle god's people against the people of darkness and that is really important for us to know because sometimes we feel like the things that we're facing through in our lives is just physical (laughs) i mean i'd like to think it's just physical because it, it makes it way much simpler to solve and deal with but the true fact is that our physical lives are controlled by our spiritual lives and so many of the things that happen physically has already been manifested spiritually before they even happen and that is one advantage we have as Christians is that we we know this secret, this open secret apparently. It's not a secret, but it's something that most people don't accept, but it's real. And then we know this and we we get to figure out a way to win our spiritual battles so that the physical manifestation is for our own good. And I say this because Paul says, St. Paul says that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in high places. And I think that is really profound. I think that is really interesting that... Okay, I think I'm starting to get excited. <laughs> it's not interesting because because you're, you're talking about demons. You're talking about powers of darkness that has existed over billions of years ago, probably. And then you're talking about fighting them. So it sounds very intimidating. It definitely sounds scary. But the good part is that God is on our side. And we don't get to fight these battles alone because he is with us. And because his presence is what is going to give us victory. Right? So that, that, is, that is good news. Another thing that is very important for us to notice. Right after this happens. Right after this first miracle. First victory happens. We have another downfall. We have another sign of human brokenness happen. So we have Achen, this guy that keeps for himself some things that he take from the city of Jericho. God told them, don't take anything, destroy everything. And then Achen just had to do things his own way and take things for himself. And this cost the Israelites 36 
men in battle they died because of action sin and i think it's very interesting to know that let's i think i'm going to say i'm going to repeat what god says so after the battle with jericho the israelites they took all that they were told to take that is the gold and silver placed those in the lord's treasury and the rest of the things they killed and they destroyed and then they go into battle with another set of people but then they lose and it's it's just funny because even these people they were going to fight after the wall of jericho they didn't place so much emphasis on them because they were told that this is a small city we're talking of ai i i don't know how it's pronounced but i <laughs> so they were told that okay this city is a small city you don't even need to take all the army just take like what two three thousand armies and just get get it over with you know it's not going to be so much of a problem and then this small city ends up killing 36 israelite soldiers and so joshua knew something was going wrong like come on if we cannot defeat a small city how exactly do we intend to defeat nations of giants and strong armies and so he goes and cries to god and god tells him get up israel has sinned this is in chapter 7 verses 10 verses 12 god says this is why the israelites cannot stand against their enemies they retreat from them because they themselves have now been condemned to destruction when we sin we we say that we want to follow our own will we want to follow our own path rather than god's and there, like we've been seeing all along there is a repercussion for that there is a consequence for that is that you don't get to partake in the blessings of God. You don't get to partake in all the good things that comes with being in God's presence. Meaning that you will be condemned to destruction. The one thing that kept Israelites safe all through their journey, and we would see that all through their further wars, is that they had the opportunity to turn back to God when they sinned. Because Sinning was a way, or sinning is a way, of being exposed to death. We we looked at the first story, Adam and Eve, and God made that powerful pronouncement that would never pass away. The moment you eat of this fruit, you will die. Pretty much the moment you sin, the moment you do anything that is away from my will, you will die. Because... <laughs> Okay, hold up. I know that sounds really serious. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that is the truth, and that is that that law has been standing and is still actually standing since the beginning of time, and that is why I said, I I think I said this before that God's laws and commands is not for His good. It doesn't it doesn't add anything to Him that we obey and we follow His instructions. It is for our sake. God gave them those laws, gave those commands to guide them from being exposed to the consequences of sin. And so when Achan sinned, he not only exposed himself, he exposed the entire nation of Israel. He exposed the entire Israelites to the consequence of that sin, which was complete destruction. So there was no way that God was going to fight that battle for them because his presence wasn't with them. His presence cannot be with them when they make a decision to leave their lives separate from his will 
And that is something that is really important, very highly, highly important for us to note because I know myself and I know human beings and I know we are really prone to wanting to do things our own way. As many times as God tries to pull us back to him, we try to pull away, we want things to go go the way we want them to. We don't we don't want to be confined or be restricted in quote or be controlled. But the thing is that with God it's safer. <laughs> it's a lot safer. That's all I'm going to say. That with God you get to be safe. And you don't get to be controlled in the sense of not having having a voice to speak or having free will. You have free will. And so it's up to you to make that decision, you know, to do God's will or to do yours. And then whatever the consequences of that decision is, you have to live with that. And I think that is really important. Probably you might be of the opinion that it was too extra, in quote, of God to carry out the punishment on the entire Israelites just for one man's sin. But the thing is that we are all under judgment. We were born to sin. God's word said that we were born to sin. That is from Psalms. That we were born to sin and we were conceived in iniquity. Not because we sinned when we were infants, but because of one man's sin. And I'm talking of Adam and Eve in the garden. Because of their sin, we were all condemned to death and to destruction. But the good news is that because of one man's sin, we were condemned to die. But also because of one man's obedience, we have been raised to life or we have been given salvation and given life. And that is Jesus. And that is a summary of the good news. That is another instance of God's transformative power. Over and over again, we are seeing how God can change bad to good. That is something that is obviously an important thing for us to know about God. If you've not learned anything so far, that is something that is always being reiterated over and over again, that God can cause a good out of any bad. And I think that is something that is important for us to note, even today, in today's reading. So you have Achen, where he is killed, and where his family is killed because of his sin. That place was called the Trouble Valley. And in Hosea, there is there is a repetition, or there is not a repetition, there is a recalling of this name, the Trouble Valley, or the Valley of Akor, as it's called. And Hosea says, in Hosea chapter 2, God says that I will make your Trouble Valley, or I will make your Valley of Akor, to a door of hope. I will transform your Trouble Valley to a door of hope so whoever is listening on the other end just to remind you today in case you forgot that god can transform your trouble valley to a door of hope god can transform that thing that you've been ashamed of or embarrassed of to a door of hope god can transform that big obstacle or seemingly overwhelming problem to a door of hope god can transform that trouble that pain that ache 
to a door of hope, you need only to trust in Him and rely on His grace. Thank you so much for listening this far. This has been such a blessing. Tomorrow we would be joined by an amazing guest. And I hope you do not miss it. I can't wait to unravel the rest part of this timeline with you guys. And I will see you guys tomorrow, same time, same place. If you have not subscribed, please do so. This is our fifth timeline. This is day 83. So or day 82, rather. This is day 82, so you, we, we are far gone. So please subscribe if you haven't. Send a review if you can, and also share to your friends and family that would need this. And I hope to see you guys tomorrow, same time, same place. Have an amazing day.